All right, two weeks ago, we were in Isaiah. And in Isaiah chapter 7 through 9, we saw a prophecy. A prophecy that a king would come, a king who was born of a virgin, who would take the throne of his father David, who would establish a kingdom, who would reign over that kingdom with righteousness and justice. And then last week, we saw that as the people of Israel were waiting for that king, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, a virgin was found to be with child. A virgin who was betrothed to a man in the line of David. That an angel came to this virgin and told her this, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. In other words, Mary, the child that is in your womb is the long-awaited Messiah. He is Emmanuel, the one prophesied in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. He is the one who's coming. You are, bearing, you are the one bearing him. And she faithfully submits herself to the will of the Lord and says, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That was Luke chapter 1. Today we're in Matthew chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead, open up to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Last week was Mary's side of the story. This week is Joseph's side of the story. An angel came to Mary last week. This week we're going to see an angel come to Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. I'll read it. And then we'll pray. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David! Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father, it's been our, our heart and our goal this week, or this, this year, as we go through the season of Advent, Lord, not to get used to the message that we're celebrating. Not to get used to the amazing good news that God became man. That you took on the form of flesh. That the creator became someone who was created. That the intangible God became tangible. That the all-powerful became weak. These things can't get old to us, Lord. Protect us. Protect us from making the most glorious news so mundane and, and normal and typical, Lord. Reignite an awe and a wonder in us this season. 
And I pray, Lord, that this morning, as we think about the message of this passage, it is different than the messages we've, we've, uh, we've seen already in this Advent series. But at the same time, the punchline is the same. God came. You came. And so, Father, today, next week, and at our Christmas Eve service, we are going to keep worshiping you for that. May this morning be a time of worship. So, Lord, if we've got other things in our mind, struggles with our kids or our spouses on our way to church this morning, Lord, help us put those aside. Help us focus ourselves on you. We give this time to you, Lord. Work through what we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. That's where we're starting. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So right here, right at the beginning of the story, we're told what we're about to see, right? It tells us straight out what is coming in the story. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Now, there's one word in that first little introductory sentence that we really have to grasp onto, that we really can't miss. We're told two things. We're told what's going to happen, and secondly, we're told who this is going to be. What's going to happen is that Jesus is going to be born. But the word we really have to grasp onto here is Christ. Right at the beginning, right at the start, right as we're getting oriented to what we're about to see in this passage, we're told that Jesus Christ is going to be born. Christ isn't Jesus' last name. That's something we have to understand. His name is not Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus. His title is Christ. Christ is just the translation of the Hebrew word Messiah. Right here, right at the beginning, Matthew is orienting us to what's about to happen. This man, Jesus, was born, and he was the Messiah. In other words, we dive into this passage knowing what we're about to see. The birth of the long-awaited king. So that's the spoiler right at the beginning. But let's see how it all works out. Mary and Joseph were betrothed. They were engaged. They were, they were in promised to one another. We see that in this passage already. But we're told that before they came together, meaning before they were married and before they consummated their marriage, Mary was found to be with child. Pregnant. And when you think about marriage and engagement in the ancient world, we can't think about marriage and engagement today. It was a very different thing. An engagement or a betrothal wasn't just two people who decided that they wanted to marry one another. It was a legally binding partnership made not just between two people, but between two families. It was a lot more serious. So if two people were engaged and they wanted to break that engagement, the process was that they would actually have to go through a divorce process. This was a legally binding partnership. Even in this passage, we see that Joseph is called her husband, even though they haven't even been married yet. So they saw divorce pretty differently. In fact, if we go back to the Old Testament and we look at the laws, uh, we see that the punishment for adultery within the betrothal relationship is the same punishment as adultery within the marriage relationship. Deuteronomy 22 seems to indicate that the death penalty is the proper response under the Old Covenant, for somebody who cheated upon the person they were betrothed to. And the same within marriage. So what it shows us really clearly is that this is a big deal. By the time we get to this point in Jewish history, it wasn't common to have the death penalty anymore. 
um, it seems a lot more common at this point uh, for adultery in the betrothal period to end in divorce. That that was an appropriate substitution by this point in history. But it's still serious. And it's still a really big deal. And so Matthew tells us as the readers that she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Um, But Joseph's no dummy. He knows where babies come from. Joseph knows that if Mary is pregnant with a baby, it seems that she was probably unfaithful to him. That she probably broke the the betrothal relationship. And so he knows how he's going to respond. And that's actually what we see in verse 19. So let's go there. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So it tells us what Joseph plans to do. Very simply, he plans to divorce her quietly. But the second thing we have to see here is it tells us a little bit about who Joseph was. It tells us a little bit about his character. Specifically, two things about Joseph's character. First, it tells us that he is being a just man. It doesn't say he's being a good guy. It's not saying he's really nice. It's saying he's a just man man. What does just mean? Well, if he's a just man, it means he takes justice seriously. That when he sees sin, he can't just say, you know, don't worry about it. Joseph isn't a guy who's going to see a sin and just brush it under the rug and ignore it. He's going to take sin seriously, just like our just God. He is not going to wink at sin and brush it under the rug. He is a just man. But the second thing we see in this passage is that he is unwilling to put her to shame. That even though Joseph was just, even though he takes sin seriously, at the exact same time, he was compassionate. Rather than calling for the death penalty, which he could have done, according to Deuteronomy 22, rather than putting her to open shame and ridicule, which he could have done, rather than putting her family uh, to shame and destroying their name, which he probably could have done, he resolves to respond like this, divorcing her quietly. Joseph is just. And he's compassionate. Because he's just, he's not going to ignore her sin, or what he believes to be sin. He's going to take it seriously. And secondly, because he's compassionate, he's going to do so in a merciful way. So the stage is set for this passage. Mary is pregnant. And though she hasn't been unfaithful, everyone thinks she has. And Joseph, meanwhile, is just and compassionate. And he plans to respond to her sin... In the proper, but in the merciful way. That's where we're at at this point. So Joseph has chosen his course. He set his plans. He knows how he's going to respond to this situation. And you can imagine, if you're Joseph, this is something that's rolling in your head all day. When something like this happens that just throws your world out of tilt, you're thinking about it day and night. It's running through your head. You wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. And as Joseph is thinking about all of this, he goes to sleep one night. And this is what happens in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. But as he, Joseph, considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So just like what happened to Mary last week, an angel comes to Joseph here in this passage, and it says to him, 
Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For, and that's an important for, for when we read it, when we find it in scripture, it tells us the reason. We can read it like because. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For, because, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, this baby in Mary's womb, this baby in the womb of the woman that you are betrothed to, is there not because she's been unfaithful. She hasn't been cheating on you. She is a good woman who has been faithful to you and faithful to God. God is the one who has done this. Mary is still a virgin, but she has conceived. God, the one who works outside of the laws of nature, was able to make this so. So so Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because she is going to bear a son. And when she does, you have to name him Jesus. She will bear a son, verse 21, and you shall call his name Jesus. For, a reason again, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, what does that mean? Why would Joseph and Mary have to call him Jesus, resulting in him being somebody who saves his people from their sins? How does the name connect with that result? Well, Jesus' name, Jesus, is the Greek translation of the Hebrew name, Yeshua. Yeshua. Yeshua literally means God saves. The angel is telling Joseph and Mary, name your baby, God saves. You shall call him God saves because that's exactly what he's going to do. For he will save his people from their sins. And Matthew doesn't just tell what happens in this story. He doesn't just tell what the angel says to Joseph. If there was any doubt of who this child is, Any doubt of who the child is in Mary's womb, he jumps in now, in verse 22, like the narrator, to explain. This is Matthew injecting his voice into the story. He says, All this took place in order to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew is explaining that this child will just fulfill the prophecy spoken in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. This child will be the fulfillment that the people of Israel have been waiting for for over 700 years. This baby is the one that they have been longing for, who would bring the restoration, would establish a kingdom, take the throne forever, deliver them from bondage, and on and on and on. This child is the child. So, Joseph, the woman that you have resolved to divorce is not only innocent, but she's the virgin of the prophecy. She's not only innocent, but she is carrying the Messiah, the anointed king, the one who would save his people from their sins. In other words, Joseph, she is innocent. Do not leave her. Do not abandon her. You have to marry your wife. And then Joseph wakes up. That's a crazy dream. And last week, you know, when the angel came to Mary in Luke chapter 1... We thought about this. We don't know what was running through Mary's mind. We can only imagine what was running through Mary's mind. The fears, the excitements, the 
uh, the questions, the list of questions she must have had. We don't know what was running through Mary's mind, but what we do know is how she responds, right? That's what's clear. And how Mary responds is she submits to the will of God and says, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And it's the exact same thing this week. This week, when the angel appears to Joseph, he wakes up and, you know, who knows what's running through his mind after that dream. I can think of, if, if it were me, I'd probably be wondering things like, God, why here? Why Nazareth? Why this town of 1,600 to 2,000 people? Why in this rural region of Galilee? God, why now? Why in, in this time when we are occupied by the Roman Empire? God, why me? Sure, I'm in the line of David, but there's tons of people in the line of David. I've got no king, I've got no throne to speak of, to pass on to my son. I'm a carpenter. So we don't know what was running through Joseph's mind. But again, like Mary, what we do know is how Joseph responds. How he responds, we read in verse 24 and 25. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So just like Mary, Joseph responds with humble obedience. Just like Mary, Joseph submits to the will of God. When he wakes up, he obeys. He does exactly what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. He took his wife. In other words, he married Mary. He did not know her until she had given birth to a son. That's important. It means that the son truly was from the Holy Spirit. There was no uh, consummation of the marriage that could have resulted in this birth. This baby was truly born of a virgin. And when she gave birth, he named him what the angel told him to name this child. Jesus, Yeshua, God saves. So that's the story of Joseph. That's the story of the angel coming to Joseph. He's appearing to him and Joseph's response to the angel. We zoom out, we zoom out at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. We see the angel come and tell Joseph that God is sending the long-awaited Emmanuel, the Messiah, through his betrothed. Mary. We see that God is being faithful to the promises that he made in Isaiah chapter 7 and elsewhere. We're just focusing there. We see that he is sending the one who would save Israel from bondage, establish a kingdom, put a, he would be on the throne of David forever, reigning forever with justice and righteousness, that he would be the Emmanuel. But as we come to the end of this passage, there's, there's something we skipped over. There's something we just kind of blew past right in the middle that I think is really important. I think it's really important, and I think it's also a little detail, a little bit of information that we don't actually see in the message that the angel brings to Mary. So I think it'd be worth us going back and focusing in on it for a minute. Because there's three words in this passage that are really, really important. Three words that we didn't see last week. And those three words are this, from their sins. From their sins doesn't show up in Luke chapter 1. For he will save his people from their sins. And that, that's an interesting thing. Because when we think about prophecies of the Messiah, we think about this king who's coming to set up a kingdom. 
The Jewish people didn't expect a Messiah who would be saving them from their sins. It seems like from Jesus' interactions with the Jewish people during his ministry that ultimately what they were really expecting was a, a, a Messiah who would deliver them from political rulers. No, I'm not saying the Old Testament doesn't say that that's what the Messiah would, would do. It does say that. But the main thing that they seem to focus in on is that this Messiah would come to save them from earthly bondage. That he would come to save them by some sort of military, uh, military might. That he would lead some sort of revolution or institute some sort of coup. They were expecting a Messiah who would set on an earthly throne and rule over an earthly kingdom. But these three words hint towards a different reality. These three words from their sins show us the bigger picture, which we do see in the Old Testament, but it's just not quite as clear. These three words hint towards a reality that the Messiah would not save the Jewish people from earthly oppressors, but would be saving them from themselves, from their sins. When we look at the life of Jesus Christ and his ministry, to the Jewish people, and to the world. What we see is that Jesus Christ came not to deliver the Jewish people from earthly bondage. He didn't raise up a revolution. He didn't set them free from the Roman Empire. He was not there to set up an earthly kingdom, at least not in the way that they expected him to. But he came to deliver his people from a spiritual bondage. To free them and all men from bondage to sin and bondage to death. Jesus Christ came to establish not an earthly kingdom like they expected, but a heavenly kingdom. He says in John chapter 19 that his kingdom is not of this world. And when Jesus, when he died and rose, he ascended to the right hand of the Father where he sits today ruling over all of creation. He came to set free the Jewish people and all of mankind and to set up his kingdom, an eternal kingdom over which he is still reigning today. And the thing that we find the most amazing, the most spectacular, spectacular is how he did that. Because he didn't raise up an army. He didn't raise up a revolution. He didn't take up power. He didn't raise up in revolt. What he did was he laid down his life. He didn't take a position of power. He took a position of humility. He didn't rise to the throne. He was lifted up on the cross. The way that Jesus Christ won his victory over sin and over death, set up his kingdom, overthrew the power of the enemy, is by his death. Jesus, our Emmanuel, saved all people from their sins by becoming sin on our behalf. Taking the penalty that we deserved. Dying in our place. So that by faith in him alone, we might become the righteousness of God. Set free from the power of sin. And become citizens of the true kingdom of heaven. So as we come to the end of this passage, as we look back, I, I want to focus in on two things. Specifically, I want to focus on, on the two names of Jesus we see in this passage. I want to focus in on the name Jesus, Yeshua. God saves. And I want to focus in on the name Emmanuel, God with us. Because Jesus Christ, when he came, died, rose, and ascended, he never gave up either of those titles. He came as Jesus, he came as Emmanuel, and he is still Jesus. 
He is still God saves. He is still Emmanuel. He is still God with us. This child who was born, Jesus, Yeshua, God saves. He is the one who sets us free from bondage to sin and death by taking our punishment in our place. And this child who was born, Emmanuel, God with us, he did not save us to leave us on our own. He saved us to bring us into relationship with him. And now, if you have trusted in him by faith, Matthew 28 declares, Behold, he will always be with you, even to the ends of the age. So be free. As we go, let's remember these two things. Jesus is God saves. Emmanuel is God with us. So come to Jesus. Come to the one called God saves by faith, trusting in him, trusting in his substitutionary work on the cross, and be set free from bondage to sin and death. And be free. Hold tight to Emmanuel, the one called God with us, because he came and he has not left us. But he will surely be with you always, even to the end of the age. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your son. We thank you for who he was and still is. The fact that he, does, he doesn't just save us uh, and, and then leave us to figure it out on our own. By saving us, he gave us new life. By saving us, he gave us relationship with himself, Lord. He has changed us and continually is changing us throughout our lifetime, Lord. And so, Lord, we celebrate the coming of this God, you, the coming of Emmanuel, God with us. And today we still celebrate remembering that Emmanuel is still with us. Thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you saved us before we did anything to deserve saving. Thank you, Lord, that today we can hold tightly to you because you are our Emmanuel. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.